Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. This is AJ Black. This is uh, BC Interruption Radio. I'm here, hopefully, with Eric Hostas. Are you on the line, Eric? What's going on? There we go. So we're here for our first installment of our BC Interruption Radio, which is going to be a, a podcast this year. So it's going to be a little different than in years past. As many of you guys have probably heard, Dan Rubin has moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, he's going to be working with BCEagles.com on their new uh, project, uh, Eagles Unlimited. So unfortunately, he won't be here to host, but we'll have myself and Eric hosting for most of the year um, to talk BC sports, talk about what's going on with the football team. So uh, without further ado, let's get started. Eric, um, you know, the summer camp is about done for the football team. They're about on their way to Ireland. Um, I think the biggest question a lot of fans have had is uh, the progression of Patrick Tolles. What have you seen so far? with him this summer and what have you heard from, you know, various people around the program? Well, I think with uh, Patrick, they're getting an upgrade at quarterback this year um, from the play that they got last year, which I know isn't saying a ton, um, but I think it's going to be a significant upgrade. Um, he, he's, you know, what I've seen from him in the scrimmages is a lot of what, I've seen from him when he was at Kentucky, you know, he's got that big arm. He can get the ball down the field. Uh, He can get the ball out of his hand quickly. Um, He has really deceptive uh, speed for his size. If if you stand next to this guy um, and you don't know what he looks like and you just kind of see him, you're like, wow, that's a big dude over there. You think he's a tight end or something, but, you know, he's a quarterback and he's just a big – big guy but um he he moves well for his size and um you know i don't think he's like gonna be tyler murphy and break off you know all these explosive running plays but in the same sense you know if you don't respect him um you know he can he can pick up a seven ten yard game for you so uh you know those are the positives i've seen from you know the negatives it's kind of as advertised you know from from when he got here um he does make some bad decisions sometimes just kind of tries to force it into double coverage when like he doesn't really have something there um he, as an example you know the one of the scrimmages um he, he kind of threw it up for grabs to tommy sweeney who is a you know pretty big tight end at six foot five but you know he was covered by uh gabe mccleary who you know was uh you know, 6'2", 6'3", in his own right, and really long wingspan. So, 
Um, he, you know, John Johnson was also in the area as well. So it's like it's not like he was throwing it up for grabs to Sweeney on like a small defensive back. He was throwing it up for grabs for you know probably BC's biggest cornerback covering him. So you know it's stuff like that that you know kind of drives people crazy sometimes. And um, that that has to be you know something you monitor as the year goes on. You know I think BC can live with him doing that you know once a game, but it's like how many times will, will he do that a game? And I think that's really the question mark um, with Patrick Tolles right now. And I know, I know Adazio still hasn't named him the official starter, but you know, in my mind, that's just a dog and pony show kind of thing. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Adazio has talked a lot about how he values his leadership and his experience, and you know, I think that definitely is going to give him that leg up over Darius Wade going into the season. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That's a good point by you. That was one other thing I didn't touch on. Um, I don't know what it is, but um, when you watch him on the field, he does have, like, um, just this kind of leadership ability. Like, you can – if you're down close, you can really see, like, the guys listening to him and taking to him, and they do kind of rally around him, and he is very vocal. So um, that leadership thing is a big deal, too, because um, these these guys really – really, you know, the receivers, the linemen, they really, like, uh, they really follow him. Um, and, and I don't think that's something that can be ignored. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, the next thing that I think, you know, after last year's season, all the fans, you know, people around the program, it was, it's been a pretty dark winter and summer for a lot of people. They're thinking very negatively about the team. But I think one of the things that people are going to be looking at this year is that offensive line. Um, how are they going to improve? What are they going to do differently? Um and, you know, Adazio brought in Jimmy Lowry from Eastern Illinois. Chris Lindstrom has gained, what, 40 pounds. Um, Aaron Montero dropped a bunch of weight. What, what do you think what, – what is your opinion on where this offensive line stands right now? Um, they're, they've definitely improved, but it, it's tough. It's really tough for me to say how much they've improved until I, I can see them in a game because um, – you know, during scrimmages, um, you know, they were better than last year, which, you know, isn't saying a lot. Um, but, you know, they were able to pop off some big runs. They were able to protect Patrick Tolles um, uh, most of the time. Um, you know, they weren't dominating at any points or really winning the battles consistently throughout a scrimmage, I'd say. So, at the same token, though, they're going up against what we know is a really good Boston College defense. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'd feel better if the opposite was happening and they were dominating the BC defense. Then maybe I'd have some question marks about how much the defense has dropped off since last year. So um, that'll be exciting to watch against George Tech and against some of the better opponents, you know, um, that they face early on because. I'm, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm sure they've been. I'm definitely sure they have improved. I just uh, need to see how far they've improved. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that you have to see in in game experience. You know, like you want to see what they're able to do against a live defense, someone that they're not playing against. You know, and and control scrimmages and, uh, you know, the last you you read the reports from the last scrimmage and two of the five. I think Lowry and Lindstrom were held out of the last scrimmage, so they were trying out other things. So. You know, it's going to be a different ball game when you have five, the, you know, the original, the five that Adazio wants out there playing. 
you know, all the downs. Oh, um, so sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, uh, it was a good point by you. And I think it also should tell fans um, that, you know, when Adazio does hold, hold people out of practice, um, you know, historically hold players out of scrimmages, it's been some of the best players on the team. Um, just because of injury concerns or whatnot, um, or just keeping them healthy. So I think when you see Adazio do that, it's um, a good indicator that he does have a lot of trust in Lindstrom and Lowry both. Um, kind of, yeah. kind of, kind of saying they're like, all right, I've seen enough from you guys. I trust you. I need to see what I got in the other guys. Yeah, I, he's been very high on Lindstrom this year. You know, he's talking about him being a future first rounder. It sounds like he's really he sees a high ceiling on him. So that's good. And cause Lindstrom had such a tough year last year. I know he was undersized for, you know, uh, an ACC guard, but um, hopefully he'll be able to turn that around. Um, you yeah. Know, like, that was interesting. Some of his, some of his comments, you're right. Calling the future pro, he really uh, pushed in all his chips on the table on Lindstrom on that one. So um, I guess, I guess uh, we'll wait to see what he's talking about um, this year, but he, he has looked good in scrimmages, so uh, like I can see. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to call him a certain pro from what I've seen, but he definitely looks like he's going to be a good player this year. All right, let's turn on to the defensive side of the ball because I think as much as we're de- depending on the defense to be the you know the the rock of this team, there's still questions on that defensive side of the ball. Don Brown is gone, and a new defensive coordinator is in. Jim Reed is here, so. Should should fans be expecting a similar scheme out of Jim Reed as they saw, you know, that attacking, aggressive style that we had last year in Don Brown? Yeah, I think so. Um, I know the coaches went out of their way um, to uh, kind of try and keep the transition smooth from defensive coordinator Don Brown to uh, Jim Reed. Um, they're using – Jim Reed is actually the one who's adapting this year. They're using all the same terminology from last year um, so that the players didn't have to learn um, anything new. Um, so that was an eye-opener to me um, that they kind of made him learn the defense. And um, I, I think you're going to see the same style. Um, you know, Adazio has said, you know, when he came to BC, he wanted to – you know, former defense that was aggressive and went after the opposing QB, um, used a lot of blitz packages. So um, that's he says that's why he picked Don Brown, and he said that's also why he picked Jim Reed as well. So I think he, you know, was kind of hinting aloud there that um, you know you're gonna you're gonna see the same kind of schemes that you saw last year. Great. So let's uh, let's switch gears a little here, Eric. On the phone, we have a special guest today. We have Joey Weaver of SB Nation's blog from the Rumble Strip. Uh, the Rumble from the Rumble Strip covers things Georgia Tech, um, and he's here to talk to us about our upcoming matchup in Dublin, Ireland, in less than a week. Joey, are you there? I am here. Hello? It's actually it's from the Rumble seat, although there is a little oh, bit Rumble of a seat, sketchy sorry. gentleman's joint called from the Rumble Strip <laughs> across the street. So. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, probably won't that. be there later, being a Sunday night, but yeah. <laughs> that's fine. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Doing great. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we had a few questions to kind of get our fans, uh, you know, into that college football spirit. Um, we want to learn a little bit about Georgia Tech today. Uh, you know, we haven't played you guys since 2012, which was in the um, last 
um, death knells of Frank Spaziani. Um, so, you know, we want to kind of get caught up with things, you know, over at uh, Georgia Tech. So your quarterback, Justin Thomas, uh, you know, I was doing a little research on him before we talked. Um, last year, it seemed like, you know, his yards per carry dropped, his completion set percentage dropped. What was kind of the thing that went on with him that made him drop from what was one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC in 2014 to someone who was struggling um, at the end of 2015? So strange as it sounds to say, I, I think the biggest thing that changed was honestly what was around him. Um, basically, at the skill positions, Georgia Tech lost both of its starting wide receivers to the NFL. It lost its entire two deep of running backs, both the slot back position as well as the fullback position. Um, and so he's working with a whole bunch of uh, freshmen, and not to mention a whole bunch of other guys that were kind of the presumed starters who were missing a bunch of time with injuries. So that caused a lot of problems. A lot of guys didn't know where to go. Um, and I think kind of the issues compounded a little bit throughout the year where uh, he went from, you know, making good decisions and giving what, you know, taking what the defense was giving him and kind of evolved more into trying to do too much himself to try to uh, kind of counteract the, the struggles around him. So that was a big piece of it. The other big piece was the offensive line. Uh, they, they lost only one starter from 2014. That was Shaq Mason. He was drafted by the Patriots that in that year's draft. Um, they returned the other four and had three seniors, but by the end of the year, those three seniors were almost being pushed out of starting spots just because they, they weren't getting the job done. Um, especially on the and pass blocking, there were some vines and gifts made of just how ineffective the pass blocking was. And it was really kind of unbelievable. So I, I don't blame a whole lot of it on Justin Thomas himself. I think there were things that he could have done better, um, but there were just, there were a ton of injuries going, going on around him. There were a ton of, a ton of inexperience around him that were, really causing a lot of problems. Um, and you, you kind of re- referenced the, uh, the past completion. One of the things that I – it was, would have been a very painful project this summer, but one I was a little interested to do and I never did. But I wanted to go back and see just how many of Justin Thomas's incompletions in 2015 were on balls that he threw out of bounds, just threw it away, because it felt like it could have been a, a considerable number of them with – I mean, he couldn't get to the top of his drop before he was breaking off and scrambling. And uh, half the time, he didn't. it didn't even seem like he really had any option to throw to. So um, several problems last year that hopefully get, get fixed this year between guys getting more healthy uh, and then figuring some things out on the offensive line. They brought in a new co-offensive line coach that should fix that. So um, a, a lot of just kind of weird things going on that I, I don't think is a big, big issue for Thomas himself. Uh, as much as things around him need to get fixed on the offense. Yeah. Um, you know, and talk where, you know, comparing programs, you know, last year, BC went three and nine, Georgia tech had their struggles as well. Um, BC, as I was saying to Eric, when we first went on BC fans are pretty, uh, you know, they're, they're feeling pre- pretty dark about the program right now. What's the mood going, you know, right now with Georgia tech fans, what are they feeling about, you know, Paul Johnson and the state of the uh, state of Georgia tech? I think there's a lot of confusion, honestly. Uh, if you look at the past two years, I don't know that you're going to find another team that has averaged seven wins per year and had an 11-win year and a three-win year. I mean, it's there's a there's a lot of kind of variance in what we've seen over the last two years. And uh, after that after that Orange Bowl 2014 New Year's Eve, everyone was you know all on the Paul Johnson hype train, you know, ready to go. 
And then by the middle or the end of last season, I mean, it was almost like the wheels were coming off of it. So um, it's, it's very split. And I think that most of the goodwill that he, that Paul Johnson was able to build up with that orange bowl season was kind of mortgaged on that season last year. So the question now becomes what he does with 2016. And I think that, regardless of what happens this year, I don't think he'll be fired, especially for some contractual reasons and things like this. But certainly 2016 is going to set the tone and set the mood for where he's at on the you know hot seat or anything else going into 2017. So we're, we're looking ahead at the game. We're here at, with Joey Weaver of from the rumble seat, not from the rumble strip. Um, and we're here talking about Georgia tech football. Um, you know what BC fans are really pumped about this upcoming game. Um, you know, it's an excuse for a lot of the Irish Catholics to head over to Dublin and, and hit the Guinness brewery and, you know, see a, a football game in a different country. What are Georgia tech fans excited about this or what, what's the feeling going around this game? Yeah, no, definitely are. I, I don't know that there's as much of a, I guess a consistent heritage factor there as you might find in a place like Boston with the Irish Catholic community, uh, but a lot of folks definitely looking to make the trip and go over there and get an international vacation in and kind of see a, a unique setting for a college football game. I know I myself am actually going. Uh, my wife and I are going on our honeymoon over there, so we fly out Tuesday evening and wow. uh, really just awesome. looking forward to, to Yeah, uh, it looks like a really just a unique opportunity that I can't say how many more times in my life I'll get to see Georgia Tech play in a foreign country. This is actually the first time in team history they've done it, so – I think there's a lot of people that are really excited. There's already a, a ton of people over there. I'm, I'm seeing pictures on Twitter and on Facebook and everything else. So there's a, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of buzz around the game. No pun intended. Is the, is the uh, wreck going to make it over to Dublin? The wreck is not going to make it over to Dublin. Um, that came out a few weeks ago. They were kind of trying to, but um, I, I forget who ended up pulling the plug, but it will not be there. All right, all right. So we got a few more questions for you. Um, what are your season expectations for Georgia Tech this year? What do you? I mean, after a three and nine season, you know, BC fans are looking at their their year as you know we need to make a board. This is going to be another, you know it's time to talk about axing Ajazio. What what is the mood around Georgia Tech? What are you guys expecting from this year after a disappointing season last year? Uh, still kind of some variance. I mean, I'm hearing people predicting that they're not going to make a bowl game. I'm hearing people predicting they're going to win like 10 or 11 games in the regular season. I think realistically the, the result is probably somewhere in between. Um, I, I think that when you bring back enough of your, your best players who missed part of, part of last season or all of last season due to injury, uh, when you kind of retool the offensive line and got some, some better cohesion there, um, you get Justin Thomas going into his senior year kind of learning from last year's mistakes. Hopefully, I, I mean, I, I think that my personal expectation is that they end up somewhere in the 7-5, and 8-4 range. Uh, and it looks pretty doable with their schedule. Uh, but it's, it, it's a very kind of varying level of expectations among the fan base. Um, and I think a lot of it is very in line with how they, how they view or how they, uh, how they perceive Paul Johnson and his program right now. Again, people kind of predicting anywhere between like four and eight and eleven and one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, it, Joe, it, what, those preseason predictions. Go ahead, Eric. I was going to ask Joe, uh, you know, from an outsider's perspective, um, what 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 would you consider um, the strength of this Georgia Tech team um, going into this season? 
Uh, I think that the the running game, obviously on offense, and that sounds a little you know a little cliche or obvious for a team that runs the offense that they do, but I I really right. like a lot of what they've got, uh, especially in the offensive backfield and with Justin Thomas. I think that that the running game is going to be much better this year. Um, and then on defense, I, I, I like the front seven quite a bit. There's a lot of depth and experience there, uh, as well as quite a bit of talent. I don't know that they'll ever be, you know, like a top 40 kind of unit. Um, but if the, if the offense can kind of get back into gear and make it back to where they're scoring 30, 35 points a game, uh, the defense doesn't need to be, you know, all world for, for Georgia Tech to win a lot of games. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. All right. So we got to kind of wrap this up. So I ask all my guests this question. Um, it's always a loaded one. What is your prediction for, uh, you know, for Saturday's game, Dublin, it's going to be 730 in the morning, Eastern time. I don't know what that is in Ireland time. Um, what are you predicting, Joey? You think uh, the Yellow Jackets are going to pull off a win against BC? I don't want to look dumb. Uh, I don't want to sound too, uh, too, I guess, overconfident or anything, but I, I do think Georgia Tech gets it done. Um, I, I think myself, as well as a lot of other people, will be surprised if Boston College's offense is considerably better this year. And so what I've been telling people is that, I mean, I think that if Georgia Tech can score 21 points, they can probably win the game. The problem then becomes scoring 21 points on what is a really, really good Boston College defense. And so I think they will get that done. I don't, I don't think Georgia Tech is going to make it to 30 points, but I think that their, their defense will be able to contain what the Eagles are doing. And, and I do think Georgia Tech comes away with a victory in something of a low-scoring affair, maybe uh, 24-13 or something like that. All right. Joey Weaver from, from the Rumble Seat. You can follow Joey at uh, – where is your – I have it here. Oh, I lost it. Um, FTRSJoey on Twitter. Uh, thank you for joining us. Enjoy your trip and your honeymoon over in Ireland. I hope you have a good time. And uh, take care. Hey, sure will. Thanks for having me on, guys. And if I can, uh, I'll plug something really quick, too. Um, I, I've actually started doing a full ACC football podcast. If any of the readers over BC Interruption have any any interest in a, a little uh, more wide-scope podcast. So uh, that's Basketball Conference. Uh, we're trying to post it in the fan shots of the different sites as we come up with it. But you can find us on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play. And, again, it was called Basketball Conference the ACC football podcast. So I appreciate you guys having me on though. And good luck to Boston right, College you. next weekend. All right. Thanks you too, Joey. Take care. Thanks. See you. So, all right. So we have a couple minutes. That was a uh, interesting take on what Georgia tech is going to be doing this year. And, uh, you know, looking at the, at the uh, upcoming matchup, are you going to make it over to Ireland, Eric? No, I wish I was I actually went there um, a couple of years ago and uh, had a great time there. But uh, so I'm not surprised when I can guarantee all the BC fans going over there will have a good time. How about you? Yeah, I can't make it. I have work commitments, and unfortunately, the job that I work at, I can't um, get around that to to get to Ireland. I, I I like you. I went probably like three or four years ago to Dublin, and it was a great time. And I, you know, in the events that they have planned, I think BC fans are going to have a blast um, over there. So we have one Absolutely. last question before we wrap this up. Um, well, actually, I have two. What, let's, let's look at season expectations. You, you know, the offense is a big question mark. The offensive line is a big question mark. But BC has a pretty easy schedule 
to make it to bowl eligibility. What do you do? You think, Eric, that BC is going to make it to a bowl this year? Do you think they'll get to six and six, or do you think this is going to be another disappointing season for the Eagles? No, I think they'll get to a bowl. Um, I actually um, have them going seven and five this year. Um, like you said, it's uh, it's not that difficult of a schedule. Um, you know, there's a couple real tough ones in there as usual. Um, as Florida State and Clemson are both kind of clicking right now as programs, but um, you know, you you look at some of these ACC opponents, like a team like Syracuse. I mean, they're they're garbage. That's not it's not a tough game. Um, obviously, a lot of these non-conference games um, are not dif- difficult games either. Um, this one, you know, I hate to you know go like sports radio talk show hosts, but this this first one is such an important game for them to to, to you know, get off to a good start, get, you know, kind of positive energy flowing. And um, it's really kind of one of the, one of the maybe handful of 50-50 games, I call them on the schedule, or I could, you know, kind of see them either way, winning or losing the game. Um, you know, either result would not surprise me. So, um, yeah, I am just going 75 this year. How about you? What, what are your expectations for the team this year? I, I think the same thing. I have them at seven and five as well, which seems okay. kind of like the cop out answer right now. But I agree <laughs> with you. There's so many. There's so many, you know, in, uh, coin flip games that they have between Wake Forest, Syracuse, um, even NC State this year. I think is a coin flip, um, and, and I think Georgia Tech is too. And I, I totally agree with you. I don't want to sound like uh, WWEI here, but it is this game <laughs> is huge. It's gonna set the. It's gonna set the tone for this year and set the the mood around the program. I mean, if BC goes out there and flies out there and, and, you know, takes it to Georgia Tech and gets that quick win, you know, that the whole aura around this team changes dramatically from what they had last year. And that could easily happen. They could go over there and, you know, the offense clicks, they score some points um, and and, and win. And then they go into Virginia Tech. And again, we've had some success against Virginia Tech the last couple of years. So, that that sets that up perfectly, and then we you know we have UMass and Wagner to to you know stomp on for a little while, and then it's back to the ACC. Um, all right, so last question: Do you think BC can take out Georgia Tech in Dublin? I do. Um, I I think they're gonna win this game. Um, you know, I I think you know pre pre previous BC teams were not. Um, as well, uh, let's start on the BC defense. Previous BC teams on defense were not constructed as well as this one is to kind of stop the option. I don't think I don't think they were as athletic defenses, and I think they really struggled, um, you know, from time to time when Georgia Tech could get the ball, carry the ball in some open space off the option. And um, I, I don't. I think this team is. Um, well put together to slow them down. And where I disagree with, with Joe, um, you know, in his analysis of this game, he did make a lot of good points. But one thing I disagree with is BC's offense is going to be better this year. I mean, it just is. Yep. Um, and um, I, I I think BC's offense is going to be able to score in the 20s, at least in this game. And I, I I'd be really surprised if they were held to 13 points in this game. I mean, that that would surprise me. Um, so I think they're going to get 
you got that done. And kind of like my wild card factor here is um, the Adazio hot seat factor. As, as Joe alluded to, you know, Paul Johnson is feeling a little bit of heat in Georgia Tech after his three and nine season, but he, you know, as Joe said, he, he's kind of still got one more year where even if he kind of sputters and goes five and seven, six and six, you know, for contractual reasons, he's still going to get another crack at this. Whereas Adazio, if he bombs with another, you know, two, three win season, he's out of here. So Adazio knows how important this game is. And for that reason, I think he throws a lot into this game to make sure they come out of here with a W. But um, how about you? What's your prediction for the Saturday? I, I, I think yeah, I totally agree. You know, when we watch the 2012 Eagles facing off against Georgia Tech, that defense is a completely different animal than what we have now. That defense couldn't stop anything. Mm-hmm. But we have skilled linebackers and, and some excellent defensive ends that I think are going to be well prepared for the option. And I really – I especially if their offensive line isn't as good as Joey was saying it could be, I think that, you know, that defense could hold Georgia Tech to 13 points or less. And that off and BC's offense will score. I think they're going to, you know, Tolls will make a play or two, and that'll put 14 points on the board, and that should be enough. I think it'll be a close game, but I think BC's going to probably pull this one off. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's wrap this up. Um, again, we'll be back every week. Um, this is going to be uploaded to iTunes, so every week you can catch us um, every episode on iTunes. We're going to have different guests every week. We'll have just someone from uh, Virginia Tech uh, next week to talk uh, Hokies football, hopefully after a BC win. Um, you can catch us both. Uh, you can catch Eric at EA Hostess on Twitter. You can catch me at BC Hysteria. Um, hopefully you guys can check that out and check us out as always on BC Interruption. So I got to keep up with what Dan always did just to end a, a radio show, which is say two words that every fan is thinking. Go Eagles. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.